What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It's a podcast about collecting sports cards. Hopefully you are all having a good week. It's freaking Super Bowl week. I'm recording this and I am just hurting inside because there hasn't been football to watch. I'm trying to prep for this. This is going to be the new norm on the other side of the big game. Um, So I'm sitting here and I don't know what I'm going to do with my day. I'm actually, I'm going to watch some NBA. I'm going to watch the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton's back. Completely different team. He's the man. Glad he's an all-star. Would also thank our unofficial sponsor for today's episode. If you are interested in becoming an unofficial sponsor, make sure you hit me up at Stacking Slabs. There's only so much inventory on this ad space, so come in now or you're going to have to wait. So today is Cholula. Shout out to Cholula. Very versatile a hot sauce. If you are a hot sauce fan, this is for you. If you are just not so much, you don't like the heat, but you like a little something, uh, you can also enjoy Cholula. You can put it on your eggs. Um, you can put it on your nachos. Um, pizza, perhaps. Thank you, Cholula. I'm a big fan, a big believer. If you're looking for something to spice up your entree, check out Cholula. There'll be a lot of spicing up entrees this next week or this week um, because we all know we've got the Super Bowl and we'll be watching Mahomes and we'll be watching Jalen Hurts and we'll be speculating on card prices and what happens with the football card market. But what's most important is the food that we have prepared for our uh, Super Bowl experience. You've got your wings, which Cholula's good on, dude. Don't sleep on Cholula plus wings. But we're going to have the nachos, the pulled pork. Um, You're going to have the sides. You're going to have the meatballs. You're going to have the mini dogs. You're going to have corn dogs, perhaps. We're going to have to really put our best foot forward because it is about the calories when it comes to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're going to have Rihanna and her umbrella on stage. And like I said, Mahomes is going to be probably putting on a laser show and the Eagles fans are throwing trash at their um, FM radios right now listening to me say that. But regardless of what you do, get your meal prepped. Get it right. Because the more time you spend mapping out the calories and remember more is always better, the better Super Bowl experience you have. I'm fired up. I ate pizza last night, um, Detroit style buttery crust. I watched NXT Vengeance Day, a little NXT pay-per-view or, excuse me, premium live event. Went to Charlotte. Um, hadn't been out of uh, the Florida Full Sail Arena in a while. Pretty decent show. The, the opening match was Dijak Wesley. That thing was a banger. Everything else was just okay after that, but that opener was awesome. But I'm here to share my thoughts about what's happening in the sports card collecting community and world. I've got a lot of topics today. I'm going to close this episode. I asked the community, what is one thing that you wish you could have told yourself when you started collecting or that you know now? And I'm going to share some of those responses. And I've got a lot to say if you couldn't already tell. So let's get into it. I think probably the most important store, actually, there's two really important things that are going on right now. And you can debate which one's more significant or important. But I just want to say, I want to shout out Chrissy Buckets for the DM right before I hit record on this. 
Um, you know Chrissy Buckets from a previous episode of the Stacking Slabs podcast, Your Hobby Content Alternative. But he shared me a screen grab and of a listing on eBay. And I got nostalgic. I'm not going to lie. And every once and again, I'll get a little note or two, a little, little poking of the fun at this. But you know what? We evolve. But I'm telling you right now, does anyone else have a little nostalgia for when they re-entered the hobby? Are, are we getting that? Are we feeling that right now? 2019 was a big year for many of us. And Chrissy Buckets decided to share with me. It stopped me in my tracks. I got the sweat going. And I said to myself, I don't need this, but I want this. We have on eBay the Sekou Demboye Black Prism one of one. And if you are a longtime listener of this show, thank you, first of all. But you all know Seku was almost, uh, he was a staple of this show. I was stacking Sekus. I was just investing my brains out, paying God knows what on every prison parallel possible, but I never saw the black. Well, the black is available. So maybe we play a little game here. Perhaps I can buy the black for the same, if not less, than what I was paying for the silvers back in 2019. What do you think about that? Shout out, Seiku. Shout out for your uh, inspiration and helping me uh, really enjoy this hobby right out of the gates. But let's move over to the other topic, maybe a little more important, but that is the retirement or the second retirement of Tom Brady. This all happened last week. Um, the conversations, the cards, all the stories came out and I had to reflect and I felt like, you know what? Like I felt like I was just doing this and it was because I, I was because Brady retired on my wife's birthday last year and then he retired on my wife's birthday again this year. So I was feeling these emotions, but it has set in. This is the real we all know uh, he's walking away from the game, and I think about Tom Brady, and he is certainly, he holds an interesting place in my football fandom. I would classify Tom as the biggest heel of all time when it comes to football. Um, he caused me so much pain as a Colts fan, fan and put me through so much misery with those Patriots team, but he is also responsible for my pinnacle moment as a sports fan, and that is when the Indianapolis Colts took them back, came back from 21 down to win the AFC Championship and to go march on to win Super Bowl 41. I think that's really important. When you have a player that makes is uh, a roadblock but is necessary uh, to overcome in order to hit your pinnacle moment, no matter what, you have to have some appreciation. And certainly I have a lot of appreciation for TB12. Time has passed and there's some things that happened in his late stage of his career that really got me to focus and really got me to realize how great this guy was. And I'll tell you this moment, and I think I've talked about it a year or two years ago on this podcast, but it was really when the Bucks went on their Super Bowl run, and it was that NFC Championship game. And sorry, Green Bay Packers fans, but I remember sitting there vividly watching Tom Brady in Lambeau Field win the NFC Championship to go march on to go to the Super Bowl. And I remember just watching him play, and I leaned over to my wife and I said, you know what? I am so tired of hating. This guy is phenomenal. I am going to spend the rest of his career, however long it may be, 
respecting him, realizing a living legend is playing in front of me and doing whatever I can to enjoy Tom Brady. And I went on and did that. I made some milestones. Ever since that moment, Tom Brady was the my fantasy quarterback. I had bought Tom Brady cards, um, which I never thought I would do. And we found out and I, there's something about Tom Brady too. Um, that Super Bowl with Mahomes, we found we had just found out after five years of trying that we were pregnant with my daughter. And so there's some emotional significance and attachment that time, place, and life um, that I'll always think back and just remember him and his on the field play. And it's really hard, I think, to say anything that hasn't already been said about him. There will never be another Tom Brady, and whether you like him or not, we should all be grateful that we had the opportunity to watch him in action. And what's this mean for his cards? I don't know, but I, I can tell you that he's, if you're one of invest or want a piece of a legend, he's probably the safest bet you can make. I think trying to grab and get the stuff you don't see at auction every day or every month or every week, whenever, is kind of what I would probably advise everyone on. But that's the strategy for me with Tom Brady or anyone else. I think his catalog of cards is insane. So find what you like, but don't chase what the mainstream tells you to do. Brady will forever be important, probably the most important player in football and for football cards. So if you collect football cards, you should be cheering on the legacy of TB12. In five more years, five years, and it's going to come quick, everyone, we will see him in Canton. And it's going to be a hell of, we've got the signs of a great Hall of Fame class here coming up in 2028. You're going to have Tom Brady and J.J. Watt undeniably in that class. That's a pretty damn good class. So in five more years, we're going to see this guy in Canton. Until then, I think let's start getting used to a National Football League without the GOAT. Because whether you like it or not, whether you think he's the best quarterback or not, there will never be another Tom Brady who is who did and accomplished what he did. So I hope we're going to see him and he's going to continue to be in the public eye, but I hope he gets a chance to take a deep breath and enjoy the retirement. Obviously, Tom Brady is someone who we will always be talking about at some level on the Stacking Size podcast. And you know what? It's a good time to bring my buddy Kevin to Captain 37 back on. He always comes back for these significant moments. And I figured we got the Super Bowl. We've got Tom Brady retirement. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, So if you've been a listener for the show for a while, you know Kevin. And he's just always on during these moments. So I wanted to bring him on to talk. And I think I want to talk to him about Brady, his cards, what he thinks this means for the football card market. Also, what does the Super Bowl mean for Mahomes and his legacy? Alongside what impact could this be on Jalen Hurts? Like, let's talk about all this. So that's what we're going to do on the Friday show with Kevin. We'll also probably get into Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Um, Kevin is, you know, set up at so many shows. He's talking to the community. He is highly involved. So I thought, you know what, now is a good time. So make sure you check out that Friday conversation. You won't want to miss it. Always enjoy it when the Captain 37 stops by the Stacking Slaps podcast. I can't believe how much feedback I got regarding the conversation with Gelman and Drake last uh, week. So much passion in the wrestling card community. I hear you out there. 
got an incredible response from the wrestling card community. It's such a niche pocket that's full of passion. It's my honor to help contribute to the conversation for wrestling cards. I think there is that crossover component that we talked about in just understanding wrestling, how it works. But also, if you are a football, modern football collector, if you're a modern basketball collector, and you under even baseball, if you understand how Panini cards work, and you are a wrestling fan or are a lapsed wrestling fan looking to get in, I think there's an opportunity to have an advantage there if you want to be in it for a while because it's still an immature market. Wrestling fans, collectors are still trying to figure it out. I think this is what I know because I am one. So I love it when I can speak to examples of who I am personally. But wrestling fans spend a shit ton of money, okay? Shirts, figures, memorabilia, tickets, live events. It is an insane community of people. Wrestling fans are nuts. I'm nuts. I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on wrestling shit my entire life. The card component is just coming up. Wrestling cards are just becoming more noticeable to wrestling fans. So I think this connection and momentum between wrestling cards, wrestling fans spending money and wrestling cards being available are that fusion is happening right now. So I think that's really cool. And I don't know. I don't like to necessarily come into markets and places that have have it figured out or have might have, have think they've figured it out. And I don't think wrestling cards is even close. So I think there's still so much growth potential. It's a global product with fans everywhere in the world. But personally, like I spend a lot of money on wrestling cards because it makes me happy. And when I think about the most expensive cards I've purchased in the last six months, 75% of these cards are wrestling related. When you buy something, you get that feeling that no matter the price, you're still getting a good deal on it. That's how I feel about wrestling cards. And if you are collecting or thinking about collecting find the people it's just like with anything and this isn't exclusive to wrestling cards but like find the people find the community find the passion the more whether it's wrestling cards whether it's another segment segment of the market the more you listen understand meet people learn you'll probably enjoy and you'll probably stay and you'll probably be spending more time in that area so i'm glad the reaction of our conversation was so positive because that was the intention. The intention was, hey, everyone, whether you collect them or you don't, here's three collectors who want to just share their inside scoop on the first year in Panini. Also, if you enjoyed that conversation, um, there was a companion piece um, that Gelman put out on video on the Wrestling Trading Cards uh, YouTube page. Uh, Drake, Gelman, me continued the conversation on YouTube form. Um, I had a little technical difficulties. I'm going to blame it on the Mountain Dew Pitch Black that I opened, which tastes like carbonated Dimetap. I love Dimetap as a kid, so I don't know necessarily if that's a good or a bad thing. But if you want to check out more content related to wrestling cards, that conversation, go check it out. Wrestling Trading Cards YouTube page. I think the community is everything, and wrestling cards to me is the escape on top of my escape. And it's WrestleMania season, baby, so there's no better time to collect than right Now, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about moving on and moving on from certain players, certain collections, certain sets. And 
I think this is really important. And I, I was cooking my breakfast. I was making, let's see, since we're talking about food, I had two eggs over easy, had a little turkey sausage. I had a slice of bacon in there, mix that all up, throw Cholula on there, make you extra happy, unofficial, official sponsor of the Stacking Slabs podcast. And I had the crossover going on. So I had was listening to it. And they actually hit this, and I, I already had already formatted the episode, and I was going to talk about it, but I felt like, okay, it's a question asker on their show asked something, and they started talking about this concept of like moving on from cards you already bought, which I just want to like exclamation point share this right now is that point they were making is like we should never feel bad about moving on from cards in our collection and selling them. And moving on to something else, especially when we're keeping this money in the hobby. Like, first of all, like, don't let anyone, don't let any content, don't let anyone tell you how to buy and sell your cards. That is your our responsibility as CEOs of our PC. Trust me. Actually, also, too, I got a little plug because the com- conversation up top was talking about uh, the quarterback carousel going into this year and I'll just I want to make a statement and want to be emphatic about this there is no veteran quarterback pray to God that is coming into Indianapolis we are going to draft a rookie and we're going to roll with that rookie but if you've been listening to me and you see my collecting obviously I have ridden the Colts quarterback carousel non-freaking-stop and you know what it's been good but it's also been bad. But I think the most important thing it's taught me is you've got Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck who you love. Instead of putting this focus on all these quarterbacks who are one and done, take some time and go deeper in those areas and those lanes that are more established. So I think interest change in life and most importantly in the hobby. It can be the way you collect players, can be the way you collect types of cards it can be the way you collect sets it can be segments of the hobby too you can move into something new like wrestling cards you can get out of something that you don't want to collect anymore it just changes and i think when i've gained experience what what i've gained experience doing this since 2019 seku Demboya era um it's taught me to desire bigger cards and in order to comfortably get access to bigger cards i always have to leverage the equity of my PC. I am out here working hard. I am out here trying to build companies that we can sell so I have money that I can go spend on a card and not think twice about it. But the fact of the matter is that's not the reality of my life right now. The reality of my life is to enjoy collecting sports cards. And if there's something else that I want to see, I got to sell some shit in my collection to do it. So we all have those moments and we all have those judgment day opportunities when we open up our freaking case, we put all of our cards out, we say, have this conversation with ourselves. It's like, what needs to go? And as time rolls on, it gets harder and harder. It gets harder and harder to move stuff, but you got to do it. So I think what I've learned is just being highly adaptable is a trait that is critical to the modern collector. Um, Listen, I I hate to sell stuff and everything I buy has intention, but understanding and appreciating the utility value that that card had in your collection during that time is really important. I think also what's really important is building a relationship with a consigner that you trust. I, working directly with volume accumulation, Chris, good dude, 
I'm sending him cards a lot. It's almost like a weekly basis at this point because there's cards that are popping up that I need. Okay, so I'm doing a lot of look at the collection, make the stack, send cards over to volume accumulation. Cards run for a week. I get paid a weekish later and then move on. It's this cycle, okay? And I'm the more I do it, the more I'm getting comfortable with it. And I think the hobby is never ending and we have no control over the cards that we need that are going to come to market and become available. The this uneasiest uneasiness makes the entire hobby experience what it is. I know if I'm spending 2k on a card, then I probably need to have a plan to move something else. Hell, there are cards that are coming at me so hard and so fast this month. I had my wife's birthday. I had all these cards coming at me and I have my cold season ticket renewal. All of this happening, but I'm not stopping buying cards. I can't. I can't do it because I know those cards are pro- are important to sets I'm building. I know those cards are cards I might not see again for another two or three years. So in order to feel comfortable and confident doing this, I need to leverage my PC. And I think let's celebrate and appreciate the cards that come and go. There were moments in time where these cards made sense in our PC. Did I think Matt Ryan's stay in Indianapolis was going to turn out the way it did? Absolutely not. Do you think I would go have gone all in and gone nuts buying his cards? No, probably not if I knew it would end the way it does. Does that have any... Do I think differently of him as in his career as a player? No. But what I do know is I don't need the robust PC that I was building of Matt Ryan because the time that he was significant to me was a lot less than I anticipated. So that's moving on from some of those cards. It's what I'm doing. I think I I desire the cards that I, I pick up out of my case that under no circumstances I would ever move on. And I think the challenge to obtain cards that sink their teeth in us is what it's all about. It's just like an art gallery curated, but definitely without a shadow of a doubt, Make sure you're building and curating it for yourself and nobody else. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I hope you like tuning in every week. I hope I'm adding some freaking value to your hobby experience. I enjoy this show. I enjoy doing it. And it is absolutely wild that we're coming up on Jesus. Three years, which is nuts. So for all of you who have been a part of it, who are new to it, I do appreciate it. Let's get this going. One piece of advice you wish you had when you joined the hobby. Let's get through some of these to close out this episode. Cards and sneaks. Don't be in a rush to get rid of a card just because of its value. There's a card this week. I'm starting a new set. There's this card this week that I would probably consider the best card of the set that I sold to fund something else. But now that I'm revisiting this set, I'm like, I wish I didn't do that. And so I agree with this sentiment totally, but it's okay. There are new opportunities that exist, but this is really good feedback from Cards and Sneaks. Charm City Tim, prospecting and ripping boxes is fun, but buy Hall of Fame singles only. I do whatever makes you happy, but if you're definitely, if you're looking for Monetary long-term value, Hall of Fame is probably a route to uh, spend time on. And I'll also double down. It's like not just Hall of Fame, but like the actual cards, the sets. Buying cards out of sets and products that have long-term significance matter too. 
Denny cards, 130 point and card ladder for comps. Gotta love all the tools out there. TB12 sports cards, focus on one player getting rookie cards and game used. Mulligan cards, go left when everyone else is going right. Geez, an old catchphrase showing up here. Got to love it. Tugging at my heartstring. Chef Boyard 11 be comfortable in your own lane. Absolutely. I know not everyone out there collects wrestling cards, and I'm not collecting wrestling cards to get hobby famous. I could give a shit about that. I'm collecting these things because they make me happy, so that one hits. Carlson cards, don't, don't discredit avenues that aren't currently yours. Always people to learn from. I said that earlier, Austin. Great feedback. Revolution Russ, everything will dip in 2023. Be patient. Good feedback. 90s kid card collector. Didn't matter back then because we all collected what we liked. Still the best advice. Always and forever. Retweet. The real Joseph Roeder. Buy singles and what people you like. There's people out there who like what you do. Don't chase. Justin ZPC. Only collect what you love. Xanu 23 sports cards. Your preferences will inevitably change and that's perfectly fine. Man, I'm having some people confirm some of what I said, and this is my first time reading this stuff. This is awesome. Far side of sports, don't be in a hurry. Take time to learn the hobby and what it is for you. 100. 156 tops, guys. Stay patient. Building a strong collection takes years, just like anything worth doing well. Drake's PC, chase the rare and scarce cards instead of commodity cards and comps. Ah. Absolutely. Iowa Dave, you're going to change directions a zillion times and that's okay. Don't stress about it. Benoit 14 sports cards. Do the research, buy with intention and curate collection with continuity. That is bullseye. That's like, that's, I'm all about that. Mostly 90s basketball cards. Buy cards you don't plan to sell. I believe in that. Then there's always something else looming where those cards that you don't buy to Plan to sell, you end up selling. But I love the intention behind that. Rip Flare. Woo! Be patient. TG9000. Figure out what you like before buying big. Amen. Doctor Doc collects cards. Take your time. Modest card collection. Also get off YouTube. Or here we go. Patience and remember it's a marathon, not a sprint. Also get off YouTube and get on the Instagram and find some real collectors to learn from. That's good feedback. Double K cards. The loudest voices and are some of the last you should listen to, applicable to life in general. 100, absolutely. Ace of grades, 28. Rarity does not equal scarcity. I could, we could probably spend a whole episode on that, and maybe we will. Good feedback there. Jay Parimba, you don't need every card, and you also only collect the players and cards you enjoy the most. You got to make the card aesthetics, the way it makes you feel, that matters a lot. I love that. Any card party, don't be afraid to trade. It's what differentiates the hobbies from other ventures. Great feedback. I always ask about trading when I know the person with the card likes similar stuff than me. I always bring it up. Mad City Collector, don't be in a rush and follow collectors. Not Follow collectors, not influencers. Focus on flipping and investing. Retweet. Cards of B-Tracks, chase the singles you'd hope to pull. Wax isn't worth the gamble. I believe that. Tecmo Cards. Buying what you love is greater than chasing the hype. So many good answers. So much good feedbacks. Hopefully you're learning something from this show or the people that are bringing it in. I love this community. I love the hobby. There's so much opportunity to expand and keep collecting what you love. Be back Friday 
the Captain 37. We're talking Super Bowl. We're talking Brady and all of the good stuff. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.